This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com code program. Hello and welcome to Nobody Panic with me, Stevie, and my friend, Tessa. Hi, Tessa. Hello, Stevie. And what's this? A guest in the booth today? Is there a non-fungible token in here? (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, Tom Rosenthal, comedy man, actor man, superman, um, (laughs) NFT man, who's going to be telling us all about NFTs. Tom, thank you so much for uh, joining us on Uh, this Thank you for having me. And... Uh, I will just stress at the start, I am very nervous about being referred to as an NFT man because it seems like half the internet hates NFT men. And I sure, sure, sure. am not necessarily saying they're wrong to hate NFT men either, no, but I am we, excited we, to talk to you about this hot new tech. We, I was going to think of NFT for um, nobody, f- nobody fire Tom. Yes. Nobody, nobody get upset with Tom. He's merely pr- telling us he ain't selling it or saying it's good or bad or anything. Unless you want to buy it and then he is selling it. Uh, and then he'll help you. But really, please just, buy mine. We just. I've lost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> He's got some to sell you. So this will clarify has absolutely no legal advice, no, no. financial advice. It's oh, really- NFA is the first time I've ever had to say no financial advice. That's what a lot of crypto and NFT YouTubers have to say yeah uh, just so they don't get sued so absolutely no f- financial no, advice no, great yeah, nothing no nothing fungible here only fun okay and yes. uh don't don't come for tom but we do have many many questions and We're also we excited. saw tom at the weekend and he won a meat raffle yes <laughs> i also i missed the meat raffle and arrived afterwards and saw tom just furiously cutting up a sausage well, and there was okay. no explanation there is a little bit of a story i mean it's not really a story but like have you ever won a meat raffle before no never at, at, at a comedian's birthday no because it turns out it's actually quite anxiety provoking i mean everyone else got their raffle tickets and i talked to people subsequently and they were all like really hoping they didn't win um because they thought they would have had to do a speech or something um um, but I, that didn't come into my mind whatsoever. I just uh, got the ticket, and when they shouted my number, I went up and grabbed my meat and like came back down. Mm. But then afterwards, Evan was like, you should have done a speech. 
and mm. I got racked with anxiety about the fact that I maybe should have said something nice about the birthday girl, who I love very much. Um, so then I started ha- handing out sausage uh, to try and uh, placate <laughs> an entire party who I thought now hated the guy who won the meat <laughs> raffle. Comedians, it's hard. Nice. We it didn't really hate you was be- stressful. We didn't hate you because of the speech. We hated you because you won the meat. Uh, see, Just to clarify. Good, good. And so there's nothing you I can do it. about that. No. Um, wow. But I, I mean, people seem to enjoy the sausage gesture. And I subsequently found out that the birthday girl would have hated it if I did a speech, which made me feel a lot well, better. Well, then. There um, we go. Or but, everyone's uh, happy. Yeah, um, everyone was happy apart from don't win a meat raffle, apparently. It's quite anxiety provoking. I'll do my absolute best not to enter one. Um, <laughs> and so, OK, so uh, we, we're not going to do our adult things this week because um, we want to get into the uh, non-fungibles. But, uh, Tom, uh, what's your <laughs> what's your adult thing of, of the week? Um, and is it the meat raffle? You know, No, the adult thing of this week is actually that I paid my tax. Oh, great. Late. Well, I realise, like... They've extended the deadline. That's exactly the point. If you extend the deadline, I'm going to make the most of the extended deadline. Thank you very much. Absolutely. I also realised that in saying that, it sounds like I didn't pay my tax and I'm just (laughs) using the podcast as a vehicle to, like like pretend that I am that I did pay mm. my tax but that was that was what I did I paid it in full and I am a big fan of HMRC uh, thanks for listening well Amazing. done wow. did you uh, I set up a direct debit to pay mine no there's a new a system fun. this year did you see the one with the QR code oh where you can get it direct it. from your bank basically you you just you you, you, you go to an HMRC you stay you're with your bank and then you flick the I mean this is again some high tech take a photo of it on your phone and then it just goes into your app and does it automatically. It's very impressive stuff. That's... I didn't understand a word you said. So, oh, right. Um, okay. So <laughs> that's um, how advanced I believe it to be. Well, I don't I, think I've uh, ever confidently used a QR code in my life. And they've been going for a good five, 10 years, 20 well, this years. Well, this new tax option is not for you. I will stay away. Look, well done. I'm going to come straight in. I'm going to come barreling in to this, uh, to this, to, to Web3 with the question what is an, what is an NFT? Like, mm. if you had to explain, and just be aware that, like, I mean, I'm, I speak for myself. I can't speak for Tessa. I l- could not know less about it if I tried. Well, to define an NFT, mm-hmm. the, the word, obviously, as everyone knows, means non-fungible token. Now, I don't know how often you use the word fungible in your daily life. Too much. Um, but uh, fungibility is basically, <laughs> as far as I understand it, the ability to swap something um, for something else. Uh, so the uh, pogs. Um, I don't know whether you would count pogs because I think I, I I don't have enough knowledge of pogs. And if you could just not throw me off my NFT <laughs> whilst just by making, but you, if you can't throw things at me and say, is it fungible? Is it not fungible? I, I'm really just only just on the cusp of understanding what fungibility is. So okay. let me get to the end of. <laughs> I, I, I'll try not to yell pogs uh, again. That's I, I don't Off know, but like, so a pog, right? Like, <laughs> let's get into pogs. Do, do, do they, do, are they like two pogs that are the same? So like a, a, something fungible would be like cash, right? So I've got a tenner, you've got a tenner. Uh, we don't really care which particular tenner we have, mm-hmm. right? But they, they both mean the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Whereas like something that is non-fungible um, is something where the unique, the uniqueness of it means that it cannot be exchanged. So I might have like a painting, and you would have like, if, if you had the Mona Lisa and I had a painting of my foot, I couldn't mm. go, 
let's swap these two paintings, right? Because you'd be like, no, that's, okay. not, that's not advantageous to me. Um, whereas like something fungible would be like, yeah, like cash or Bitcoin or Ethereum or gold. These things basically doesn't, doesn't matter which bit of gold you have, you have gold. It doesn't matter which pound you have, you have pounds. Okay, so, God, I'm God. coming in for pogs. So... <laughs> Yeah, I if you think could clear the up pogs, the pogs bit, because I can't the pogs, remember pogs. If I clarify on the pogs, um, everyone, I think pogs came inside the crisps. Is this right? No, that's Tazos you're thinking of there. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck. Pogs in. you used to hit, right? It was a coin With thing a that slammer. you It wasn't a coin right, thing, okay, but I, I, cardboard disc. Okay, but. so I think that... T- the thing they 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 had pictures on or no? Yes. They had oh. pictures on. Okay, so so right? so if if you had a, your picture was of um, Tom's foot. I, I thought they were of Looney Tunes, right? No, that's so Tazos that, again. Oh, so pogs right. were anything. Tom's foot, like that could okay, be a pog. So if you had the Tom's but, foot pog, you could swap it for someone else who also had the Tom's foot pog, right? But you wouldn't the, really do that. Multiple, you'd be like, what's the point? What's the point? They're well, that's it. Tom's foot pog, yeah. right? So so that is something you, that is. So fungible is swappable for the for like for like. Are we saying that? Yes, exactly. And I think I think pogs would therefore be like semi fungible, i.e., a mix of fungible and non fungible, because there'd be some instances where two people have the same pog, but there would be obviously lots of instances where two people have different pogs. So mm. you wouldn't swap a Bart Simpson for a crusty clown, but you could if you wanted to swap a Bart Simpson for another Bart Simpson, yeah. as long as they were both of similar um, quality. Quality. And, and newness. I just don't understand why we've invented this word non-fungible when it seems like most of the world is non-fungible. Most things are not tradable like for like. Absolute flying start from us here. We haven't even got into <laughs> NFTs yet. What you're saying, Tom, is it, it's like it doesn't matter what bit of gold you have, you can still swap that bit of gold for the same amount of gold. Tenor's gold. Um, if I had like... I was just going to go, my hand, that's actually not. But yeah. like um, a book that's the same as another book, you would you wouldn't swap. Unless there were like different editions or something, which is then, like, I mean, ma- ma- right. maybe a sort of an easier way to understand it rather than getting into the definition of like fungible and non-fungible is basically, uh, it's like digital ownership, essentially. Yes. Okay. So like we do not, without NFTs, have a concept of owning something that is digital and yes. all it does is it provides that right. via blockchain technology so is this so, like when you have like a you know like memes and stuff people can just take any they can just steal them or like on tiktok you can just stitch something and you don't have to tag anyone and you can just take it so nfts is like but you've got to have a code to show that you actually own it there are elements of nfts in the future which will probably build into some kind of platform which will make digital rights management be much more like you just described but like right now it is more of just a means of saying you own something digital like when people go here's a picture of a board ape and then they just you know right click save it and they go well i've got the same image Mm. it's like well you do but in this framework whereby we've developed a system by which you can say you digitally own something you don't and um, the reason for that is a reason that we've recognized in other kinds of ownership throughout human history which is just provenance right like you want to own the Mona Lisa that da Vinci like painted you don't want to own the Mona Lisa that I've you know printed which is exactly the same but from snappy snaps it doesn't mean the same thing to us so when you're on the blockchain and you you can basically track 
the image minting, the image creation, and you can track like who has owned it. Just like you can buy a stamp now, which is worth like a million pounds because like King Henry VIII once owned it. And that's been shown to be true through historical validation. The blockchain is actually a perfect way of validating ownership, but on the computer. And obviously, as our lives become increasingly more digital, there needed to be, or at least the proponents of NFT would suggest that there needed to be a mechanism by which we can own stuff online, uh, essentially. Lord. That's fascinating. You're really selling it. Yeah. I can see why they're, they're, far, they're farming you out. I don't, <laughs> I don't in, want in the, to sell it. Well, no, but the way that you I, described blockchain then, I'm breathless. Yeah, me too. And I may I circle back that I've answered, you've answered indirectly, to the questions I had, which was me saying like, why have we made this confusing word? And it's because, as I understand it, fungible tokens are cash, gold, all other things that were like swap like for like. And we've never had a currency system that has this non-fungible bit in it, right? So we're, 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 we're having to invent a word for the first time here. Um, well, I suppose no. what we haven't had before is, is the tokens, yeah. Um, I think we have had like, yeah, as Stevie said, like non fungible things that mo- most things are non fungible. Like yeah. you would say like, you know, houses are non fungible. Like if you were selling one of them. Yeah, precisely. Most but, things. This is the first but, time but they've the, entered the token, into a token. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when you when you tokenize something, essentially you, you are basically putting it on the blockchain. Um, that's kind of what it means. You're so, ever so good at this. Yes. I'm, I'm immediately under, I'm, I'm I'm grasping That it. makes me feel better because yeah. I'm nervous. <laughs> no, I, you, you <laughs> really nervous. shouldn't have been um, now. Um, so, uh, you meant, you very uh, very casually mentioned the board ape. And I feel mm. like con- considering my questions were like, what is blockchain? But you've absolutely answered that. Could you explain to us about the board ape thing? Because they're like, because I think that clip where... Paris Hilton yeah. and Jimmy Fallon were just yeah. like showing each other e- their, their board apes. It was like the <laughs> weirdest so thing I've ever funny. seen. He was like, what did he say? Like, I got these sunglasses because my daughters make me wear these sunglasses. It's me. I, I'm like this monkey. It was um, honestly like my brain was exploding. Who, sorry, do you know who has made these, who started drawing these board apes? So because don't, that man is rolling uh, in it. Uh, I don't have as much information I could. I know okay, because I think fine. when I was looking into them that they... It was, it's like four people, two of which are programmers, like one of which was like a, a writer or something. And I think that they're from four different parts of the world. Um, and they basically have just came up with this concept, which um, has been so successful in my mind, especially initially, because it really like uh, pe- people in crypto uh, really like relate to it. The, the, the sort of the backstory of the Bored Apes is essentially um, a group of apes which are called sorry co- uh, yeah sorry sorry um <laughs> i know it's pretty pretty high level stuff um who uh and when, when basically in crypto when you um buy into a coin uh that it's colloquially referred to as aping in uh basically when you sort great, of like great, stupidly okay. like buy something you'd be like oh i aped into this you know kishu or whatever um and the idea is that they're bored because they've basically made so much money from crypto that they just don't know what to do. And they've like lost meaning in their life. So they thought, what would they do? They just go and hang out in a weird club. Uh, and they kind of came up with this concept and built a world which basically really resonated with these people in crypto. Now, obviously, a thing with people in crypto is that a lot of them who've been in it for a long time are exceedingly wealthy. And if you tell a story that um, resonates with these people who if you by any measure got too much money, they probably will buy into it. Um, and what they were very, very clever at doing is basically building a, a world and setting a roadmap 
um, which very wealthy crypto investor kind of bought into. Um, and now what they've done is, you know, by any measure, created a very expensive brand. I mean, their their market valuation, they've just like tried to get some investment for like five billion dollars, which is like more than Marks and Spencer. You know, it's, how uh, many uh, board apes are there? Are there a limited amount? There's 10,000. Great. And there will never be any more or what? Like, there it... will never be any more. No. So, okay. so um, at a surface level, there's not really much more that you can say apart from the fact that it's art and people buy whatever art speaks to them. Um, but on a kind of wider level, you can say that what they've very successfully done is built a community um, that, mm. um, you know, in the same way that uh, Adidas or Nike or, you know, Louis Vuitton have kind of built their brown, brand strategically, these people have used a new technology uh, in order to captivate an audience and basically make it so people want to own this stuff as an expression of their identity. And, you know, what people don't really understand about NFTs right yet, uh, right now, is simply that throughout human history, we have always owned and collected stuff as an expression of our identity and as a as a, a a method of communicating with other people about like who we are and i think all of us have those things in our lives like whether it's like whatever dvd collections or like hats or anyone with any disposable income will start to spend on these things which they feel resonate with them and help them to resonate with other people um and so yeah. nfts are just basically another extension of that phenomena but in the digital world now you can go i don't understand it i don't understand it but it's really not that hard and i think the younger you are the more you understand it because they spent more time in digital landscapes that they've they spent more time in digital environments like playing games or on social media like you know these kids will buy skins for them to use in Fortnite, and you know they they want to be able to look a certain way when they're playing a game with their friends and if you think of the amount of money that like suits you know pe- pe- people at like you know premieres will get given clothes to wear and they'll get photographed once uh, and for some reason brands think that's a very good advert for themselves but like if you own an nft or if a celebrity has your image like that is imagine how many people see that your your twitter image every day as opposed to a photo of you at a premiere you can kind of start to get an idea of the like scope and scale of like what digital identity means and the potential that that has to for brands and you know money making i think if we look at like just the time that we've been alive we have lived through a period of increased um financialization um increased like digitization and also increased materialism and nfts is basically all of those three things in one phenomena and so i think when people say it's like a scam i mean possibly a lot of it is, but capitalism is kind of a scam. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's yeah. like we're all buying into all this nonsense all the time. It's just like another way for us to do that. Firstly, it's so eloquent. I mean, it's too eloquent, actually. <laughs> to the point that I was like, I want to buy in. Yeah, I want, I want, I want no, to ape. No. I wish to ape. <laughs> like, there's, there's only 10,000 and I want to be part of this respectful community where yeah, we all have just, an ape. The Justin Bieber and Serena yeah, Williams. We all want an ape. They, but when people say about like, so taking the Jimmy Fallon thing, the Paris Hilton thing, if anyone listening is like, what are you talking about? So basically there was just like a bit on um, tonight with Jimmy Fallon or whatever his fucking show yeah, is called. Yeah, it's hell. It's absolutely and, hell. And they just like got their bored <laughs> apes out and they were like, here's mine. And then he was like, here's mine. And then everyone, not everyone, but lots of people online were sort of saying stuff like, isn't the whole point of NFTs 
to like mean that anybody can sort of join in. I mean, that's a very simplistic mm. way of looking at it. And then there's this fear that, and I might have got this wrong, but like it feels like then there's this fear that it's like, oh, it's just become an elite club for loads of celebrities are now being like, get involved. And then all the money goes up and then no one can actually afford to really get involved. That's completely right. But I do think that you are quite right in that there is a slight myth that a lot of NFT advocates would like to spread that this is just like a purely egalitarian like mode of making the world better for artists, whereas the evidence is so far like just like the real world basically the rich people centralize this thing and then they make everyone else want to have it just like i mean a good way to think of it is like those like you know when you go to the airport and you see the stupid duty-free shops that like billionaires shop in and there's like a mad watch for like 30 grand and there's like stupid clothes that are just extremely expensive and like supercars like this is what happens with a distribution of wealth this is what happens with inequality like this isn't really a problem with blockchain as much as it's a problem with like humanity um so like i do think the technology is actually there and it has increased opportunities for artists but just like in the real world just like in the real art world like you know art gets disproportionately bought up by extremely rich people often as a tax dodge often as a way to show off you can't ignore the fact that that's what ultra wealthy people do but it's also what all of us do like all of us are buying clothes or buying things to kind of express ourselves and you know if you get a rise you're going to go and buy something more expensive unless you're like you know a completely ardent um socialist which i think maybe they are right about stuff <laughs> like, yeah. it's difficult because yes. I, I i i i personally think i got into it as a kind of like in, interested in the future interested in new technology but also as someone who wanted to enrich themselves and i think you have to kind of go well i'm going to invest in this because i think this technology is going to underpin the future um and uh i'm going to sort of support the artists that i like the art of that's a big mistake that i made as well the nfts that i bought i liked the pictures Whereas, like, if you're going to invest in NFTs, you should really just ignore the art. It's not about the art at all. It's much more about everything around it, about okay. like what, they're, what, what that community is doing, what they're saying they're going to do in the future, the future utility of the NFT. Whereas I was just like, that's a funny looking alien. And I bought it. And so just don't, if you're going to buy NFTs, which I don't recommend you do, don't buy them because <laughs> you, you like them. <laughs> but isn't that quite sad? Like, don't you? Why, like, why not? Like, well, where like, is- so firstly, firstly, how many NFTs have you got? Oh, God, I don't know. I must have 100. I, oh. I, I quite... <laughs> okay. But I would say, like, as, as, as um, Sunil was talking about in the crypto episode, like, and, and it, this is actually a big feature, uh, as I was describing before, like, the money being spent is profits made from cryptocurrency generally. So, like, mm. I, I, you know, I've been in crypto for, like, four years and when, when the money is in the crypto ecosystem, it kind of ceases to have the pound value that you associate yes. with it. It just becomes a, an Ethereum investment, essentially. So, like, I, whilst I have spent silly amounts of money on these nonsense, uh, and I think that was moronic, um, <laughs> I would say that it's kind of like in the crypto ecosphere already. Yes. So it kind of yeah. has a little bit less meaning so like to the, to the like... amount of money that I generate from my actual labour, you know, it's divorced right. from yeah. labour. Um, I see. It's so like it's monopoly not your money actual more, money. It? Yeah, it doesn't your... feel like my actual money. It yes. feels like sort of weird gambling, like Chuck E. Cheese coins or whatever, you know. Yeah, but it still is. Yeah, and so sure. that that is a self deception and an ugliness. <laughs> so say I, I wanted to go and like 
buy an NFT? I don't even know where I'd look. So, like, ah. what's a good starting place for people who so are like, I'll go look at something? Your entry-level market is OpenSea, it's called. Right. Okay. Um, now, there's a lot of sort of controversy about this place, uh, mainly because of the constant battle that blockchain has between centralization and decentralization. So, like, in a few instances recently... Uh, bored apes have been stolen or, you know, more accurately put, hacked, whereby, like, foolish bored ape owners have, like, responded to a phishing email with their MetaMask, whatever, you know, their password. But isn't that uh, terrifying? Because doesn't that totally undermine the whole point of it, where it's like, actually, if it's easily hacked, then you're like, but no one can hack the Mona Lisa. Uh, they can well, steal it. Steal the it's a bit harder, though. you feel, to steal it. it, it than it's, to... it's certainly harder, simply because the people who own NFTs are morons. <laughs> yeah, I think art, art, diamonds, um, things that have more more weight and um, value because of their ownership history have mm. been stolen throughout history. Yes, you know, exactly. Like this is, exactly. So it's no different. The blockchain ideal is to remove the need for banks, essentially, to be your own bank. Now, some people love that idea because they don't like middlemen, they don't like political, financial infrastructure controlling their lives. Some people hate it because they are clumsy and they... Like, I left a pair of shoes in a cab the other day. Like, mm. I, I have got a lot of money that is just on my computer that if I got the wrong email and I put the wrong thing in, I would lose it all. But, but basically, I got because OpenSea, you know, if it was completely decentralised, they wouldn't do anything to they would just say well it's been hacked and that's the rule but what they actually started doing is like locking down accounts who had stolen board apes which basically makes it a bit more centralized and there's this constant battle between pure decentralization and a bit more centralization because some people are like oh i want to be free but oh that guy stole my thing so, oh, so it's almost like you're like it's like trying to be not a bank but it has to be a bit of a bank otherwise ex- people steal exactly everything. that exactly that <laughs> okay. anyway yeah and if you want to buy an nft go on OpenSea and you can type in board eight yacht club if you want that'll cost you the floor price which is the lowest price of a collection you can buy is currently 87 ethereum which is how much is that so it's 170 grand currently the cheapest yeah. board eight. um okay yeah, there, and, has, and, there and. has been live events uh, where the board apes like throw a throw a party, and you have to have a board ape to get in, which honestly looks so sounds, bad. They it look sounds s- excellent. It, it like, sounds really um, what's his face, Kendall Roy. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Like yeah. This, oh, he has a board ape. He'd hundred percent have a board ape. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Are all the original 10,000 board apes, are they all sold? Or uh, so when you go there, will yeah. you be buying Jimmy Fallon's ape? Yes. Or yeah, you... yeah. They're all they're all owned, and obviously some, some are like listed for. So basically, yeah, they, you have this mint for NFT collections, which is generally where you can claim them for a small price or free, and then depending on how well the developers develop the community, depending on how much hype there is around it, they basically just start being traded between people. So like, if you're me, you'll buy an NFT for like two Ethereum, and now you'll be able to sell it for like zero point zero two. Um, but if you're someone business. who like like knows what they're doing, you'll probably buy a board eight when they you know like when they're two Ethereum and then sell them for eighty seven Ethereum, you know. So and is it and would you recommend only getting into NFTs if you've already listened to our episode on crypto and <laughs> made some money in the crypto verse? Yeah, no, I think I think personally, in my experience, it's much easier to make money with crypto than it is with NFTs. Uh, but I would also encourage n- neither like or at least only <laughs> only invest what you would happily burn yes okay well that's what Sunil said he was like you know don't invest anything that if you lost you'd be devastated but enough that you're like oh bit of fun and then if you get more it's like then it feels really exciting and then you can well yeah stuff, and then you get you know. more and you have play money basically yeah that's yeah good, um I think it's just very clear and people listening I just want to like reiterate this idea that like do not go there to make easy money go there because you like like the experience and the world and the community and the stuff i would absolutely say like the best way to learn about technology is just to give it a go um yeah and like you can easily it's very simple just watch youtube about having a metamask um using like a, a decentralized exchange like uh, what's a metamask Unis, uniswap a metamask is basically like a chrome extension where you just have a wallet in your right. on your computer that's the wallet that i was describing that has all my money in it and it's just it literally just has like um a password and then you can buy all your tokens and sort of keep them all there it doesn't really keep them there but it obviously is just like a window into the blockchain whereby you can see the wallets that you have access to um, mm. and so you can trade in and out of them and if you're going to do nfts as i said you can get these things generally for very cheap like mints the only thing is, the impossible thing with NFTs is that there's like thousands of, well, probably hundreds of collections launched every day. And a lot of them are scams. Like a lot of them are just like cheap copies of the successful ones. And there's right. loads of people who are trying to like take your money and try and con you into thinking that this is a good NFT project. So right. it's hard to encourage anyone to get into it without just saying you'll probably get scammed. I mean, I've been scammed numerous times and it's just like part of it, essentially. <laughs> so but uh, you don't you don't look at them and enjoy them any uh, uh, all day, no? I, there, there's a no. few. Honestly, there is a few that I, I do like owning. Um, and I think okay. that, again, that is like a key thing in this obviously quite nascent technology is that like humans like to own stuff that they like but when i look at that koala obviously i'm not like i'm glad i bought that i think i actually i bought that as a speculation simply because a very like top uh, a very influential nft guy he bought the like most rare one he bought the most rare koala and as an idiot i thought oh that meant that this collection is going to pop and he's i mean he i think he literally said he thought they're gonna be the next board apes so i was mm. just like oh I'll buy that 
And that's just not true. And that isn't true in the vast majority of the and uh, of nfts there's so many like chancers and like hustlers who are trying to make you do that and i've essentially been scammed to an extent on right. a lot of the nfts i bought but like i have bought like one or two collections which are successful and i've like retained their value and i like building and it feels like you're buying into a potential future brand or a future community or a future digital experience and it's like i basically think that if you invest very smartly and you do your research it's a very very good place to like invest but i'm not i'm not smart like that and also i think i'm maybe i'm just not quite digitally native enough i'm maybe not too like aware of what's going on on the cool digital but it also feels like as well when you're saying you know but is it on your computer and do you not enjoy them it feels like it's different to so, so if you bought like some nice art, you put it on your wall, and every day you look at it and go like, ah, my lovely art. It's more the process of it is what well, you're I mean, buying into. Obviously, like people like... have their NFTs on their wall as well, and I will do that oh, when that's I have nice. my okay. new flat. You, you can get you know digital frames Prints. and put them up, and but you can do that with anything, I suppose. But I, and I, I think the feeling of looking at something that you kind of own digitally kind of maybe means more to people who like Ethereum. Right, the other okay. kind of like potential flaw of NFTs, which is quite interesting, is that they're. I mean, as Sunil was kind of talking about, there's going to be numerous chains. And I think the future of blockchain is probably going to be lots of different chains operating for different people. So like an NFT collections only ever exist on one chain. So there is potentially a problem that like you could have a board ape on Solana and on whatever Cardano and on Ethereum and then it would be like who actually owns the board ape you know what I mean it's yeah like, I know what you mean yeah I have literally no idea that's <laughs> well, the only thing you've said this entire time I'm just like okay, I'm gone I'm sorry um, no please don't apologise because that's amazing that this is the first thing <laughs> yeah I, I guess basically the, what they're selling is unique ownership of a thing but mm. if that unique thing exists on multiple chains then the uniqueness is therefore somewhat called into question and I guess if, right. if a certain chain becomes more prominent over another one then who owns the real one? And like, so there's been some very interesting stuff that happened recently, whereby actually on on the same chain, so like CryptoPunks were a very successful um, NFT, one of the ones that sell for so much money, and these people created this thing called CryptoFunks, which was just punk punks with like PH. And they all they did was they took the punks and they mirror reversed them. So they were just like looking in another way. Exactly the same be, images. I'd be furious if I was a crypto crypto punk. And mm. and then these things started selling for like quite a lot of money, like about a tenth of the worth of a crypto punk. And it was like, in a way, that is like true decentralization. But in another way, it's like people thought that's sort of not really on. It's kind of like mm. sort of copyright infringement, but there is no real copyright. Like you can't really sue people for that. And it's I find it really fascinating. It's like a whole new world. Mm. But obviously, yeah. like any it's, new world like any gold rush or that there's always like loads of people selling snake oil and yes i feel like sort of of, that no no no, that's completely right snake oil is correct if that was the thing that you were were confused yeah it was that that a gold rush thing and snake oil were they the same time and why not yeah go on you know (laughs) go on way i think any sort of um utopia any kind in which people are like no more banks no more police we don't need this we don't Mm. need any red tape we'll take control seize you know Seems a misproduction. And then you're like, yes, but not like that. Don't be naughty here. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and then you're like, well, maybe we should get some kind of uh, policing system. And yeah, then, yeah, then the next yeah, thing yeah. you've done, you've invented the police. So I can understand why people get up, were really striving for this very, you know, egalitarian, utopian, perfect yes. world. And then people started behaving. The, the argument mm-hmm. for NFTs, it, it isn't just that it's like, so obviously right now it's kind of all art. 
and mm-hmm. collectibles. But the kind of proponents of NFTs think that it's going to have a much more fund- fundamental underpinning of like our whole society. Oh, is, I saw a tweet that said um, uh, the future of literature is like, I don't know if it said if this is the right way of putting it, but it basically saying that books are going to be NFTs. And I like had to log off and, you know, had a meltdown. Proponents would say, like basically all artists like all like music not just that but like stuff like real estate like all of our houses are going to be like tokenized and it's going to make like buying and selling houses much easier and not only that what you can what you'll be able to do is like fractionalize the value of your house it's all of these like quite profound um like revolutions in Mm. uh finance which the proponents say are going to underpin society now there is like a lot of criticism about that because there is a sort of theory that like crypto people are trying to onboard as many people to cryptocurrency and the blockchain as possible simply as a vehicle for increasing their power and influence because obviously who has the most ethereum it's the people who created ethereum so it'll be the same like you were saying earlier that humans will always create this like division and it yeah, maybe will be well, the same with the, that. on like on on reddit and stuff there's, there's been this meme for like 10 years about bitcoin and it's called the citadel and the idea is that it's like this mass beautiful city that everyone who owns bitcoin lives in and i don't know what's outside of that but presumably it's like a hunger games hellscape right it's sort of like that kind of seems to be the society that they're kind of these people all sort of want to build towards to an extent but for us as artists and in the short to medium term essentially what nfts allow the fan to do is have a greater ownership over the artists which they want to support there's a theory that basically all ticketing in the future will be nfts because the idea would be in the future, instead of when you meet someone, instead of checking who they are via like Twitter or Instagram, you would kind of look at their wallet and then you'd be able to see kind of all the events that they'd gone to. And just like tickets from the first World Cup, you know, you can trade them and you sell them. You'll be able to kind of trade like beautiful tickets between each other. Wow. It's, as I say, proponents of this technology think that it's basically the biggest revolution since social media. It probably is, though. It sounds like it sort of is. But also like just like every but, single revolution we've ever had, there's a terrible downside. <laughs> Yeah, always. well, I mean, the, 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 the equivalent they always say is social media. You remember, like, when, when social yeah. media started and everyone was just like, oh, it's just some, some kids messing about on MySpace or whatever. And now it's like everyone has it and we've realised it's terrible for everyone. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> we just might be at the start of a new thing. Um, obviously, you'd hope that it's not completely terrible for everyone. But the idea that we're going to increasingly financialise everything so everything can be tokenised, everything can be swapped, doesn't sound like a great idea for society. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> terrifying but I think it is happening and like brands are getting on board like Adidas Mm. bought a board like Nike have just bought a a company called Artifact and their whole thing is basically interchangeable products from digital metaverses to the real world so you'll be able to buy something in the metaverse then you get in reality and vice versa like Louis Vuitton and Gucci like they're like looking into you know basically making digital you know the stupid stuff they sell in the real world like we're talking about they're going to sell it just in digital and the stupid idiots will buy it again because it's gucci and i'm i'm a stupid idiot as well i'm not i'm not being disparaged about them i'm a stupid (laughs) idiot like there's been some gross stuff recently with board apes with tweets where it's just like people who own them being like i sold my private jet so i could buy a board ape because i thought a board ape was a bigger flex and there's like you know lots of people who've done this like i sold my ferrari whatever testarossa so i could buy a board ape and that's kind of what people do basically and they're not going to stop because some people are angry about it on twitter (laughs) 
It's just, <laughs> it's the kind of gross reality of humanity. But you have to decide like how much you're going to use your NFTs to show off, uh, how much you're going to use them as an expression mm. of your identity. Like I think there's some quite profound like psychological, philosophical and economic issues at play. And um, I think when people are angry at NFTs, they're often just angry at those like more fundamental realities of the nature of human beings and the economy and the world that we live in and society, you know. Incredibly profound. Wow. It's like talking to a prophet. <laughs> it's like, you know, grandma who's left behind because she can't use a laptop. Like you almost want to understand NFTs to, to an extent where you can you can function within I absolutely society in the way that you want that. to. I absolutely yeah. believe that. I think regardless of the merits or demerits, like it really will serve you just to do a kind of just learn it, understand it and just get used to how these things operate. Because as you say, even if something is not net great for the world, it's much better to understand it than not. Well, thank God you were here to explain <laughs> it to us. I'm going to have to have a wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite early in the morning, yeah. but I do think we're all going to have to start drinking. It's very, it's very, and I've used this expression before, touching the void. It's where yes. you hear something and suddenly you're like, no, I don't want to close that door. It's too much to think about the house being a fungible token. Well, if you, if you go on OpenSea, there's uh, an NFT collection called Bitwine. The floor price is only 0.05 Ethereum. I bet that, that's affordable. Off I go. Off I go. I'll enjoy <laughs> a bit of wine. Cheers. <laughs> one final question to bring us home. It's just, if you are an artist yourself listening, is anybody able to put their stuff up on OpenSea? Yeah. Yeah. Anyone can mint. You just have to get a bit of Ethereum to do a few uh, transactions. Which I think You've got to get your Ethereum cost first. Okay. You, yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe it'll cost you 100 pounds I, I i don't know i've not actually looked into minting anything okay, myself but not massive but like, to get your ethereum obviously obviously what will happen if you mint an nft collection with absolutely no hype or like no one interested in it is it will just sit there and no one will buy it i mean it's just like going to a market got it. i got it's all about the hype and the flex yes. i've got to get justin bieber buying my art right but yeah but there's amazing stories which again are complete freaks rather than norm but there was a there was a kid i think from the philippines who just took a photo of himself every day for like four years and then uploaded it as a um nft collection and it's now like worth loads of money these kids just made loads of money the artist set the price for each selfie at three dollars without expecting any serious buyers so i don't know people just saw it and they just loved it so that everyone's got these photos of this kid as their <laughs> as their like twitter photo for a bit because Ali, he's doing so well for himself and he's making a million fair play mint, mint your non-fungible tokens everybody get your ethereum and mint your non-fungible tokens and, and that is a sentence that i fully understand and i do think at the beginning of this podcast I wouldn't have known what a single word of them meant. No, same. Thank you so much, Tom. We're going to start minting things, but until we do, we're at N- Nobody Panic Pod, and I'm at Stevie M, but the S is a five, and Tessa. Is that Tessa Coates? There she is. And uh, Weep, Pray, Love on Instagram, but you will be disappointed in both places. And if you uh, have any ideas for future episodes like this, because we're, we're trying to do more of like getting in, getting interested by things, if you want to get interested by something, um, email us nobodypanicpodcast at gmail.com and we will try and find someone and we'll try and learn about it. And thank you so much for listening. Tom, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You were so thank eloquent you for and me. really, really Cheers held our hand through that. I'm off for an on-chain wine. Yes! <laughs> Bye! Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. 
From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Hi, I'm Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.